Hey, hey, everyone. Got to finish setting up everything. Oops. Okay, well. I didn't mean to, to give everyone the, the notification, but here we are. Welcome, guys, to the 59th podcast. Today we're going to be talking about humbling narcissism, but in truth, I actually thought this topic might have been a little bit different in terms of how I would name it. Um, and I guess we'll go through as to why that is in a little bit, but first, any updates since last week? I've got none. Um, I, I don't feel like I should have said anything other than uh, perhaps I might have misled on the last podcast what what kind of time frame I would have for like this next next podcast coming up. I actually had another topic that I thought I was going to get to. I can't remember what that topic was going to be. So I, I, you know, unfortunately I just led you guys through this idea that actually isn't going to happen. But all I know is that earlier this week I had a, I had a dilemma where I was thinking about doing a different podcast topic for, I guess, this this weekend. It, it's not the weekend anymore, but <laughs> yeah, for, for at least the next upcoming podcast, I thought it was going to be something different. That's all I knew is that I, I was probably going to have like a different one coming into today, but we're going to do this one today instead. Um, this has also been something that's kind of been on my mind, especially as like my parents' birthdays are coming up in the next two months um three months two yeah two months <laughs> sorry um uh, my my mother's is uh september 15th so we're we're coming up here in the next like two weeks when i'm gonna have to get something together but that kind of plays into something uh a lot bigger as well because i'm not someone who used to get like birthday presents or christmas presents at all actually i kind of hate the idea of presents altogether if i could if i could just not have presents coming in to me ever either either for my birthday or for christmas i would prefer not to um i'm fine with like the gifts at you know any time it doesn't need to be specifically about like the my birthday or whatever if i think of you i want to have that message delivered to you like in the moment i don't need to wait on like any specific event in order to get something going so that's kind of my mindset behind that uh let me rearrange some windows really quick yep okay i don't want to have myself distracted as much but the reason why i believe that's like some somewhat twisted in thank you So the reason why I think that's like somewhat twisted in to like the narcissistic attitude is because I think that the denial of like special events happening, why would I do that? Why is it that everyone else perceives that the birthday or like the Christmas um, event, though probably is religiously tied for, for how gifts are given out, whatever. I haven't actually paid attention to what like Christmas is supposed to mean and why gifts are given during that time. But <clears throat> the point is, is that like, why do I see myself above these certain events to not give, to not like justify giving gifts like everybody else in my family does for each other? Um, 
And uh, to be honest, I don't really know. I, I think before it was more of a, I didn't have the money to do it. And I still, I probably, you could probably justify that. I still don't have the money to do it now. Um, I definitely have a lot more money than what I had, like as a kid growing up or as like a teenager, I didn't even have the thought process of getting outside of my own head thinking about somebody else. Um, maybe that's related to this perception that I didn't actually enjoy like being around my family in the past. I, I still kind of think that's the case too. Um, and it uh, like, it's so weird because it, the attitude towards my family is just drastically different from how I view like, like my, my immediate family is definitely a lot different than like my extended family. So it's, it's hard to know what the actual justification of why I don't have the kind of thought framing around those people. But I guess in contradictory to that idea where I actually haven't given them like any gifts for like birthdays or Christmas or whatever. I didn't even, I didn't even ask my parents to like buy them stuff for me. Um, with like an idea that I have recently, um, I, it's not that I understood. Okay. Sorry. Recently I, uh, uh, I was able to accumulate all the Nintendo games onto, um, onto my computer. So I was able to rip most of the stuff off and then, um, you know, put everything digitally so that I can like have a digital library for the rest of my life. And that's honestly one of the greatest things that I think I've ever done with my use of technology, as well as the money that I've been given or the money that I've earned through my jobs. Um, and realizing the importance that those games have had across like my dad's side of the family. There's, there's one guy who's like four years older than me. He, uh, he got me into gaming pretty early on. I think it was around like four years old or three years old, like somewhere in that time frame. I was given, he gave me his Nintendo 64 and it was like, that kickstarted everything. Like all the gaming habits. I've got like a, game boy like afterwards whatever and the passion of the hobby has just kept up ever since i was four years old so we're we're over 22 years and counting <laughs> as a as a gamer um and it's great yeah uh but i guess one of the things that i was mindful of as i was creating this digital library of all the nintendo games that i've ever gotten um, either between him, other people of my family, or things that I bought up myself. Um, why not just share them with them too? Like these, this is like a library that you know, by illegal means, I'm openly admitting that. No, I didn't do, <laughs> didn't do something legally. But um, point is that I'm doing this for them, and I, I had the mindset that this library and this correlated memory, this hobby that I've enjoyed up until this point is something I want to share with the people who made it happen for me. And so that, that was like, uh, honestly, probably one of the only times that I've ever thought of like creating a like a gift for one of my extended families. But, um, I haven't, maybe it's more of like, I feel distant from the rest of my family. I guess in like other capacities. So maybe that's more the reason why like gifts seem less of a meaningful thing, at least for me. I think the, the act of gift giving has to have meaning behind it. So it's not that I'm incapable of giving gifts to like my extended family. I just, 
I don't feel like we have the kind of bond that would warrant me giving out like gifts to that capacity. And I'm glad I was able to find it with the, the gaming hobby anyways, and being able to share that back with uh, these people who, you know, got me into gaming in the first place. And we've created a lot of great memories around, you know, gaming in the past. So now I get to share that history of, or, you know, some nostalgia, nostalgia feeling games with uh, the rest of them. And I don't think they've particularly made use of it yet, but it felt right of me to do that for them. So I'm glad I did it. Glad it's, it's not glad it's over with. I'm, I'm just hoping that they'll be able to like find, find something nice when they try and return to that, whether that's, they have a instant in the moment feeling of playing those again, and they have that opportunity to do so, or if it's, if they're, they want to share that passion that they did with me with their own kids as they're, as we're all turning into adults um, <laughs> pretty soon. So uh, yeah, it's very interesting. Anyways, um, today talking about narcissism and I had to come up with the definition of narcissism first. And the reason why I was having troubles with the naming of this particular episode is because I don't think what I'm particularly talking about is specifically narcissism. I think the self-centeredness is something that of a spectrum on a spectrum for each individual and narcissism as described by uh, like a random Google search. Narcissistic personality disorder is a mental health condition in which people have an unreasonably high sense of their own importance, high sense of, of their own importance. And so it's not that everybody, everybody, sorry, is on the spectrum of self-importance. I think each of us can say that the experiences that we have and like, Basically, everything that we do is pretty centered around our participation in that moment, um, whether that's like hearing about some tragic event, like on the internet, we're experiencing the information presented um, through whatever whatever event that's happening like on media. So we're, we're like a huge part in the participation of our own per, like perspective and experiences, which is why you would believe that people have to be self-important in order to know what's worth their time or like perceive things like their, their whole existence around is around self-importance. Otherwise you just, you would have like no agency for yourself is kind of my way of thinking about why self-importance is important. Um, but it's the, the narcissism is particularly the unreasonably high sense of their own importance. So the next bullet point that I had was since we're all like the main character in our own perspective and everything is like funneled through our perception, our experiences, what is considered like the unreasonable line of that self-importance idea or value. Um, and I, I guess we'll be like covering that today or perhaps not. I actually don't know. It's a, it's an invitation with you guys. Maybe you'll, Maybe you'll think about it on the spot and have your own answer, but um, I guess I'll be trying to work through a bunch of different ideas that I think are like important for all of us to kind of ask, because especially for me, I feel, I feel like they're the only reason why I feel like my self-importance becomes unreasonably high 
is because I usually feel feel guilty about not being bigger than myself. I guess we'll dive into that idea later, but first, um, there was an article that I had searched up along with the other Google search that I did, um, and it listed off like nine signs of narcissistic personality disorder. I have that article listed in the outline. If <laughs> I, you know, I took a listen on the last podcast and I mentioned like an article before, and I never, <laughs> I never added that to the to the YouTube um, video description. So, or nor did I do that for any of the other places too, like anchors able to broadcast like everything else. So anyways, point is, is that I didn't add that in. So maybe, maybe I'll just, <laughs> maybe I'll just say, go to the, to the discord link and then um, it, it'll keep it there. Or if I remember in like the next 20, 30 minutes, maybe I'll do it myself, but okay. So back to the article, nine signs of narcissistic personality disorder. The first one is the sense of self-importance. And I think this one didn't do it that much justice because I think everybody has that self-importance uh, value. You have to. Otherwise, I'd, I'd, I don't know. I don't know how else you're supposed to navigate life without believing that you're worthy of the kind of experiences that you're going through. Um, the second point is preoccupation with power, beauty, or success. Um Sure, I guess. I mean, like, aren't we all driven by the successes that we want to see within ourselves? Like, that that's the part that, like, kind of ruins this article. Well, okay, I, that in the first point, they, they ruin the article for me because if we're not success-driven, then what are we even working towards, you know? So it's... It's a... Uh, I don't even think they went into detail about like each of these points either. So I think they just kind of listed it off, but you can definitely understand people who are in search of like power or influence over social media who could be considered like your typical narcissist. So um, yeah. Anyways, the third point is entitled. And I think this is probably the most important point out of all of them. And it's the, the ode, the special treatment that warrants like everybody else to like revolve their life around you so i think this is probably the honestly it should have been the first point but you get what i mean it's like the entitlement that these people have towards like whatever they feel they're owed or the treatment that they should be given in comparison to someone else so that's like in the form of i guess like these karens <laughs> as we would call them from like internet um clips i guess where these these people just go out and they uh have something to complain about and they're they feel like they're owed different treatment or different uh like a different set of situations to to like complain about like and whatever they, they feel like they're the the main character, if they see something that doesn't kind of affirm their self-importance, they go out and they like bitch about it. So that, that's like the kind of entitled point that resonated with, with some of the things that I've seen. The fourth point is can only be around people who are important or special. Um, this one tripped me up a bit because every everybody who's around me is someone who I would perceive as important and special. Like they're both, they're both of 
the highest part of those dimensions. Otherwise, like they wouldn't be in my life at all. So, but that comes back to like the, the extended family kind of part. So, I mean, not, not everyone in my extended family is um, people that I would be. I mean, I like, don't get me wrong. They're great people. It's just, we don't have or share like a special bond that I think warrants certain things of our dynamic it's hard to it's hard to word that out but the point is is that if these if these are people who aren't like particularly worth my time then why am i going out that that was that wasn't even meant for like my uh extended family that was actually more of a comment for like random people friends of friends i guess if i'm going out of my way to like have an experience with friends of friends and like I, i'm not particularly invested on the activity or the friends of friends why do i need to go out and do that activity you know it's like so and that that's more of the point that i was trying to say is that like the people that i try to be around and people who are worth my time are people who i consider to be like important and special. Those are the people that I choose to be around and will continue to reach out to and check up on and provide advice for. Otherwise, most of them just get like unfriended, blocked, whatever. If I could choose to just like stay away from them, I would. So um, fifth point, interpersonally exploitative for their own gain. And that's That one's a really rough one to justify because I feel like most of my interactions have to be exploitative to some extent. And it's like, justify it however way you want, but you could say that every interaction that you have is potentially exploitative for someone else. I mean, everything about the market is exploitative for their own gain. Like you're providing a service for someone else you want to believe that you're getting something out of that interaction. You have to be like somewhat self-service. Yeah, you have to be somewhat self-serving in interactions to believe that like the things that you're putting out is going to have something that is worth your time. <laughs> you know, every time I'm talking about each of these points, it makes me feel like I'm more of a more of a narcissist in the way that I'm explaining them. But um no, I, I think everybody on their own, you know, inner dialogue would have to question on what spectrum are they a part of in their interactions with other people, right? I'm not just going to befriend someone who I have, like, no correlating values with. If I believe I'm going to have, like, a good relationship with someone... And then start looking after like their own needs. Sure. But maybe interpersonally exploitative and looking out for someone else is different, oppositional. To me, it does it. I don't even think that's oppositional, though. Some people might see that as oppositional. I don't. Arrogant is the sixth point, and uh, to be honest, I'm going to have to look up what arrogant means. Having or revealing an exaggerated sense of one 
one's own importance or abilities. I mean, you got to be confident, right? Is that not just confidence? You see, the, the more I answer these questions, the more I'm like, damn, am I really a narcissist? Wow. But um, I guess we'll tie that into some conversation later on or like a bullet point later on, because I, I, I guess the, the end point that I was going to land on, I'll, I'll say it now, but like other people have to justify your own self-perception. And I think when you listen to those people, you end up becoming someone who isn't a narcissist. You become someone who actually wields the power that other people justify that you have. Or like the, the importance that you have. That's, that's how you humble the, the narcissism. Instead of the self-perception, you have it fueled by other people. Other people are the ones that fuel the self-importance or rather the the yeah self-perceived importance i don't think i said that right but i think you guys get the idea lack of empathy um and i'll actually tie this one into a, a later point as well i won't go into that now but i would imagine that the lack of empathy and not understanding other people's situations or needs is Something that would classify a narcissist. However, I think in opposition to like my particular case, I care about other people's needs all the time. It's just some of the needs aren't as <laughs> maybe I uh, like the small talk. I'm not, I'm not too much of a small talker, so um, but I, I will talk about some pretty deep topics. I would say, or at least try to like inspire people to be bigger than themselves so is that a lacking of empathy or is that also self-serving as an act if i wasn't so the, the idea now is is like because i hate small talk is that because i lack empathy and because i have deep talks with people is that because i'm exploitative for my own gain of boosting other people up You see how you see how like wishy-washy these interpretations of my own behavior could be. Imagine you're doing that for someone else too, or doing that for your own self. It's like I guess you have to be completely introspective of <laughs> of all your actions to even question if you're like somewhat on the narcissism spectrum. I, I we're all self-important. Excuse me on the self-important spectrum in case if it's like unreasonably high. So number eight must be admired. Um, I suppose, you know, what's kind of contradicting about that is that like this viewpoint of yourself is like, needs to be so affirmed by other people. <laughs> Uh, the participation of other people to to affirm your entitlement is like it's a weird dynamic if you have someone who has like a high self-importance right 
why do other people need to, you know, fuel your ego, I suppose. Number nine, envious of others or believe that others are envious of them. Um, interesting point. I don't, you know, I have to be like a bit self-reflective of years before to see, to know if I was envious of people, but maybe I have been, I actually don't know. Um, I, I definitely know that there are people out there who I think want to be envious of me or have been envious of me for, oh, Jesus. Maybe I am narcissistic if I'm <laughs> opening up about that. Oops. Um, I believe that others are envious of me, I will say. But the, the point, is, I, I don't want that to be the case, though. I'd rather people, and, and you know, I'll, I'll even say that perhaps nobody is envious of me. I'm fine with that, too. But if people are envious of me, I'd rather they, that they weren't. And I'd rather we work together on reducing that down to that not existing. Because I, I think everybody should be empowered to the point where they don't have to look at somebody else and say that they want to be me instead or at least like some part of me. I think if, if you have that admiration for somebody else, and maybe that's more of what I think it is. It's, it's not envy, envious of me, but like admiration for me. So I admire other people, I will say. So yes, I, I think admiration instead of envious is probably the correct term here. For both admiration of others or at, believe that others are um, admirable of me. So, okay. Um, again, I'll go through the, the eight one more time. One, self, sorry, sense of self-importance. Two, preoccupation with power, beauty, or success. Three, entitled. Four, can only be around people who are important or special. Five, interpersonally exploitative for their own gain. Six, arrogant. Seven, lack of empathy. Uh, eight, must be admired. And nine, envious of others or believe that others are envious of them. <sighs> so I had I had some dialogue bull, bullet points like afterwards. And of course, we already kind of went through all the eight points. And I talked about each of them already. But um, so like the first bullet point for after like these eight bullet points um, or th that these this nine list, excuse me. How do you know when you're on the problematic side of the spectrum of self-importance? Um, and I was trying to come up with a couple situations where where that could potentially happen um, and seeing parallels with those in my own life. So I've declined invitations to shared accountability with my parents. And maybe that's because I couldn't interpret like a situation like that. But actually, it's probably better if I go into the details of what that would look like. So I, I think my mom at one point a few years back had offered up to do like a Weight Watchers thing with me. And, <laughs> you know, some uh, cut to the chase, I, I basically said no. And I declined the invitation and I, I thought <clears throat> I was going to like figure it out on myself. But, you know, now looking into into now where I've really wanted to do something for my mom in her health, in her health. And one thing that I've heard, I think it was Mike Tyson who said it, but it was like, your health is your wealth. And 
you really got to question if like, you know, since your parents, especially when you're older, I've heard so many perspectives that like you live through the majority of your parents' life, like through, like as you're growing into an adult. And now that I'm kind of past the age of like, you know, that starter adult phase, I'm now more on like the tail end of the spectrum. You realize the kind of health that your parents are in like afterwards. And that's not to say that any of them are in bad health, but I would say my mom's definitely more on like the, on the side that could use a lot of health improvements. And so I, I would, as someone who is kind of nearing that stage of where the responsibility is probably going to shift to me sometime in like the next decade for looking after their own health. Um, why not start now? I've got the money to do it. So this, this might be like the kind of gift that I'd be thinking of for, for this year. Anyways, I, I don't know how I'm going to honor that, but I know that's what I want to honor. But the point is, is that back then, I think I was too self-important or encompass like self-important values too much to the point where it, it, dishonored the invitation to accountability to like shared accountability with somebody who definitely deserves it. And maybe, maybe I didn't care enough about it at the time, but I was too in my own head to really realize that that was a moment where I could have been bigger than myself. So I'm part of, part of that realization is the guilt that I could have started earlier, you know? And I uh, like, I felt drastic guilt when I was, when my uh, black cat passed away earlier this year. It was the 2nd of January. And she used to come into my room all the time. And it felt, <laughs> I, I felt like I experienced so much love that I just couldn't realize was love at the time. And because I'm so wrapped up in my own, my own experiences and my own life, and I just can't realize things as they're happening. I'm not, I'm not smart enough to really understand all this stuff. And I wish I was smarter. I, I wish I wasn't like so self-centered or self, self, whatever it's called, just. Like, I, I might even blame narcissism for that, but yeah, like the more I talk about it, the more I think that I just have a narcissism problem where it's just too much in my own head. Sometimes I'm at like, it, it really is just like, I realize that I have the issue and it's, it's not even like a diagnosed issue either. I'm probably just blowing this out of proportion as well, but it looks, it feels like I'm not enough in other people or in, I don't have other people's thoughts in my own head, or maybe I do, but I don't have them enough. And I can't experience life to where I'm proud of the selfless acts that I could possibly be doing. I used to be so proud of myself over being selfless, and here I am just caught up with myself all the time practicing introspection, but that's all just 
that's fueling the self-importance, I think. So at what cost was the, the practice to be able to articulate or to be able to develop myself to the point where I am being as informed as I possibly can expose myself to as much information as possible. Think about all the things that I've done and tried to make meaning of it. It was all at the expense of the relationships that I had at those times. And that's, that's the kind of guilt that I think you get too. Feeling that everything that you've done is what meaning does it really have over the meaning of your relationships or the people that you spend time with the people who love you. I don't know if there's much else that <laughs> I need to say, especially on that point, but the how do you know when you're on the problematic side of the spectrum of self-importance is probably when you start feeling guilty about it later on. But how do you change that for the future? You try and remember those lessons and go forward in belief that you're going to make the right decision or am I just perpetually in a state of guilt whenever I'm reminded by it? To even think that I'm like living life wrong. Is that like a part of narcissism too? I guess that's the last point that we're going to do is like, how, how do you turn narcissism into, or can there be like negative narcissism against yourself? So um, we'll get into that later. The next point after that is um, usually, <sighs> so when I had mentioned before that I'm pretty bad at small talk, it's like, how do you interpret that as someone like me? Is that, but like, obviously I'm very good at talking deep talks and I'm totally there for people who want to speak on behalf of like issues that they have at, at whatever depth that they feel like sharing for. And I'll provide my input 100%. But if I'm not asking questions about like how your day was or like the small things and whatnot, is that just, do I, am I just, feeling like I'm entitled to only talk about the deep things that people have going on with their lives? Why, why am I dismissing like the small challenges that people have to go through? I don't really see them as challenges, I guess, within my own life. It's like, how was work today? It's like, I, I don't know, just it was a day of work. I don't, I don't think too much on it. Like I get stuff done. It's productive, whatever. But I guess for other people, sometimes that question has more meaning to it. It's an invitation for small talk, obviously, but I guess some people do also want to branch out bigger than what they could be. So who knows? Uh, 
Um, I have also noticed that I usually dominate certain conversations. So if there if there's something that I I'm fairly passionate about that gets brought up, I'm usually not shy to say my piece, or at least like announce that I have ideas towards that particular um, topic that's being shared currently. So. I don't think that's particularly bad. I think everybody should be empowered to talk about what they're passionate about. I think it'd be a real shame if people weren't speaking on their, people weren't speaking on behalf of their own passions. So I'd like everyone to at least be on board with that. Um, so I, I don't think that's particularly narcissistic, but usually when I'm involved in like other discussions, people aren't as... So some people are pretty uh pretty willing to have their ideas heard and then other people are more willing to just let the conversation die out without sharing their ideas so um i i mean i would invite anybody who is like that to be open about sharing what they have to say so uh i have also had the issue where i was like talking with one person in particular um, and I think it was on the topic of finding a job. And I, I spoke to like almost every, every dimension of how difficult it is to find a job nowadays and all the challenges that go along with that. And I basically blew through the whole thing without letting the other person talk. And I didn't realize that until they specifically told me <laughs> that was, that was an issue. So I, I don't, I don't even know if that's narcissism at that point. I think I was just ranting, but it was not in service of others to not allow anybody else to talk during that conversation. So, um, How do you humble yourself to realize the importance of the people around you? And like I already said, I think guilt, the lesson of guilt, probably what reminds you that other people have a lot of important things going on in their own lives and maybe i need more reminders maybe that's maybe that's the best way to to go about it maybe i should be feeling more guilty but even then that's like a pretty anti self bias of believing that i need to have more punishment in order to be bigger or be better training, if you will. <sighs> so I guess, like I said, I, I, some of the reminders that I have are the people who aren't with me anymore. Um, that being like my cat, uh, who passed away this, this January, but also several people who I think committed suicide over like the past decade ish or so um, more than that. But yeah, I've had, I've had people at high school take their own life. I've had, I think college people also do that too. So it's, um, you know, I've had a, a friend's family member also do that as well in very recent. So it's, There's reminders there I conveniently forget about 
those facts, I guess. It doesn't it doesn't burden me all the time, but it does burden me from time to time. And I, maybe that's appropriate. I think that's appropriate. <clears throat> um, why do people become self-centered in the first place? I think with all the. I don't know. You know what you want. You can kind of delve into. <laughs> whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it but there's also there's also people who don't pursue the gratification at the moment and uh, i think people praise praise people who don't pursue gratification all the time so i think people are kind of at odds with the behavior of seeking gratification and then also uh pursuing like a better reputation i i don't i don't know what it is but i think you become self-centered the more that people talk about introspective behaviors or realizing bias and whatnot it's it's all about just like putting yourself at the top of it and making your own improvements and believing that you're worth improving and whatnot. It's, it's all just a process of trying to figure out like in the, in the new realm of modern technology where everything is bigger than, than yourself, I guess, or like you're, you're just a minor piece of this big world that technology has been able to expose Oh, sorry. I just got a message from my girlfriend. Uh, but yeah, it, like in this in this overwhelming information technology modern society, we're all just we're a lot smaller than what we really are. And I, I think people are kind of fed up with feeling small, so we're all trying to find ways to be bigger, or at least modeling off of those people who do make it big in the modern technology world. How can we be be big like them? So. But that's a challenge that each of us have to face with, with this new technology that's coming up. The choices that we're entitled to. Filters when we're selecting people from a dating app. What kind of what kinds of people are we entitled to from that? all given this freedom to choose entitled to choice entitled to optimizing your life in the way that you want to optimize it choose a career maybe it's not all bad maybe that's what keeps us all productive it's our own ability to be our own agents in our own lives But at the cost of fulfillment in relationships that eventually leave 
either by passing or by the choice of people trying to do what they can in their own lives. So the final point that I have, um, and then I'll close things up after this. Um, final point that I have is the middle ground is that others can humble you. Um, and, and so that's in context of how, how are you able to humble yourself from potentially a negative narcissism against yourself? Oh, actually, sorry, I didn't, I didn't hit the, the second to last point, which is the, and I meant to, you know, I, I mentioned it earlier. Is that how the hate against yourself as narcissism. And so I think there are people out there who believe that you're nothing more than this particular image of yourself. And I, I kind of portrayed that within this, within this podcast as well. It's like, maybe everything is through the lens of something that could be negatively biased against myself. Like everything that I've kind of questioned up until this point is like, did I, Am I actually on that negative side of the spectrum? Should I actually feel bad about, you know, all the things that I've done in order to live my life the way that I've done it so far? Or am I given some grief in the sense that, or not grief, but like some some leeway in that like nobody knows how to live life perfectly? We're all learning life lessons on the fly and trying to make the most sense out of all of them. But I definitely have like a negative bias in like my own self-image. So, I mean, I look at myself and I'm like, you're a fat fuck. And I know there's other people out there who are, <laughs> who experience the same thing against themselves, even though I definitely see them much different than their own self-criticism. Um, and uh, I've had that discussion actually with like three people so far. And that's like, I don't know. I, I can't even... I can't even know if the words that I have to say to them usually are even inspiring or like power, power, um, empowering, excuse me. So it's, it's just, I want to say I did the best I can because I never know how much that self-hatred can manifest into something worse. And, uh, yeah, like the, like the guilt that I mentioned before being guilt, Feeling guilt as a lesson, reminder, I think is usually what powers most of the articulate and um, empowering words that I have to convey to other people about how I think of them, what value they bring to me, and what value I think they bring to the world. So... Now on to the final point, which is the middle ground. Um, and the way that you humble positive or negative narcissism is the reminders of, you know, other people. Other people know how to treat you or will treat you in the way that they want to. Sometimes all their justifications are, sometimes their justification for treating you either worse or better is wrong. Um, that's up to you to decide whether or not like their feedback is valuable enough to be trusted. But at the same time, they're going to have a much different and less biased perspective than you have against yourself. If you can realize that you have a biased perspective with even in the manifestation of narcissism, then you're going to be able to adopt other people's ideas who potentially have a less biased view or rather 
better yet, you have multiple people tell you that and not just one person. So you get the input of multiple people of varying backgrounds who will be able to share with you their perspective on what you're doing and how you're doing it. And I think once you realize that the like accumulation of all the voices and perspectives that they have about you will in fact humble the negative or the positive narcissism that you have. But you need to be able to let those people be able to have that influence. Which is the, the narcissism phenomenon to begin with. So allow other people to be a voice that share opinions about yourself with yourself. And I think that solves your problem. Okay. Um, I don't think I have much more else to say other than <laughs> I had an idea from before and I totally forgot what it was. So we'll see when the, the next podcast is, but, uh, until then, thank you guys for listening. This one got a lot deeper than I thought it would. I, I didn't even know I was going to mention like my cat dying and like the kind of guilt realizations that I had with it. But I think it, I think it felt, sorry. I, I think it fit the, the topic of the day and the flow of the conversation. So, all right. Thank you guys for listening again. I'll be uploading this everywhere. We're very, I'm very active. Excuse me. I'm very active on the discord server. I'm usually posting something at least like once a week, if not like multiple things during the week. So, um, yeah, come catch us there. Otherwise we'll see you all next time. Thank you.